Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, near and far, far and wide, to episode 54 of Jacques Talk. Jean-Jacques Taylor joined by my boy, Big Joe the Big Rig. We hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so on show 54. What's up, dog? 54. 54, Randy White, Randy yeah. White. There you go, I ain't mad at you, I, I can get down with that. Uh, I always like to tell you, you can follow me on Twitter, at JJT Journalist. If you think you follow me, you don't. My account got deleted, story that we'll talk about one day soon. But it got deleted, it's amazing what evil people will do to you. But uh, it's uh, but you can follow me at JJT Journalist on Twitter, X we calling it now. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor's the handle. Uh, you can get the book right here. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Make It Amen. Uh, I spent a year with Deion in 2022 uh, at Jackson State. And if you want to know why he's going to succeed in Colorado, this book right here will tell you. Uh, I always like to remind you that if you're ever involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Somebody else's negligence has caused you some pain. What you want to do, now I'm disappointed if you ain't put the number in your phone yet. It's 972-934-8900. It's greening law. You dial that number. Somebody's injured you. It's not your fault. Away from the crib. You dial that number, 972-934-8900. And you say, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's a great day for you. Not a good day, but a great day for you. Why? Because they will walk you through the process. And anybody who's ever been involved in something like this understands that the process is long, it can be scary, it can be tedious, it can be frustrating, all those things. But Greening Love provides you somebody who walks you through it. And um, the thing about it is they don't collect anything, no money, no nothing, unless you get paid. Did you hear that? They don't get paid unless you get paid. What could be better than that? And when I say they walk you through the process, if you need a doctor, they got you. If you need a specialist, They'll find you a specialist. They do whatever you need to do so that you can have peace of mind, so that you can focus on what? Renewal and health. Get your mind right, get your body right, get your life back. That's how I like to say it. Greening Law is a place to call 972-934-8900 if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault. Washington, did you watch that game last night, man? Yes, sir. I watched the game with my son. And at one point, I tweeted out, if I was a Washington fan, okay, let me stop. Y'all know I can't stand Michigan and I hate Michigan. So let me, give, let me start out. Let me restart. Let me give Michigan their props. They played a terrific game. They deserved to win. They came out strong. They did all the things they're supposed to do to be a championship team, fought through just a smidgen of adversity, got the dub. Congratulations to them. Ended a very long drought without a national championship. Great. So, back to my point. If I was a Washington fan. Wait, wait, wait. That that, that, that wasn't that hard. That wasn't that hard, was 
Yes, yeah, it was, yeah, though. It was. Yeah, it was. All right. Yeah, it was. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but here's the deal. If I was a Washington fan, that game would have driven me crazy. And I think I tweeted to the point where my head would have popped off. Because once the game settled down and they got back in it, they just refused to make a play. There were so many plays to be made. I'm not talking about extraordinary plays. I'm talking about just regular plays that they'd have made all year. And they didn't make them. And at one point I tweeted out, when your boy dropped the pass on third down, wide, kind of wide open in the flat, I was just like, they don't want to win, man. They just don't want to win. They, 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 just, they just left so many opportunities on the field. And I ain't going to lie to y'all. Y'all know I love a black quarterback. Penix was awful last night. Just awful. And I'm not talking about because Michigan threw the – I mean, Michigan pressured him, and they did, and they hit him, and they did. But, dog, he missed so many wide-open throws. I was like, where's the guy we've been seeing all year? Because this ain't him. And then you, you are a football expert more than me when it comes to technical. It sure looked like he was throwing just with his arms so much last night and not his body. So I don't know, man. I was so disappointed in uh, Penix and his performance uh, and then Washington in general. Not that they would have won the game, not that they should have won the game, but they could have made it a terrific game. Uh, if they had just made the plays that were there. What'd you think? Well, below the waist, he'd been injured a lot in his career. And if you look at his motion, it is more more um, upper body than total, than his legs total. You can tell because he got knee braces and stuff on. Um, when Michigan started hitting him, that took a toll on him. Plus, they disrupted him. And uh, a lot of times, you – let me put it like, hold on, let me, let me say this. I was thinking this the whole game. Was Penix that good or Texas that bad? You see, the secondary that he chewed up the the game before because Michigan's defense is better. Michigan played better competition. No, Michigan got the – they got probably the best defense in the country or, you know, top two or three defense in the country. They led the the nation in scoring defense, so I give them that. Well, look at the competition. Well, look at the competition they playing. It's a difference. I mean, you – in the Big Ten, you know, versus the Big Twelve, versus the Pac Twelve, is 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 you know, you got to go through Ohio State, Penn State, you got to beat all them teams, and it's just it, it, to me, it was just a, a scheme and a talent deal. Plus, all the stuff they've been through this year, uh, I just I thought Penix was bad, but I don't think he's bad. I just think Michigan disrupted the hell out of them and threw their timing off. Yeah, okay. It just, uh, there was clearly something wrong because they didn't look anything like the team we've been seeing most of, uh, most of the year. And, uh, and again, the wide open throws he misses, the ones that bothered me. I mean, you know, it's Michigan. They got a good defense. Um, but when they missed those wide open throws, I was just like, wow, man. Uh, when, especially early on when they had a chance to really make, it, make something happen. And I was just like, damn. Uh, you know, the other thought I had was, you know, my Ohio State brethren up here talking about Ryan Day needs to be fired and this or that. They lost. We lost by six points to the undefeated national champion. And you had a ball and a chance to win on their side of the field in the last minute. Like, was the season really that bad? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I understand that, yes, the goal every year is to beat Michigan. But this is uh, probably one of the best teams Michigan's ever had. And so it's not that you're looking for silver, what do you call it, moral victories and all of that, but the game was the game. It was a nip and tuck game the whole way, and you just didn't get it done on the last drive. That doesn't mean your whole program sucks, which is everything I've read this year. Well, Ohio State for the last month is Ohio State wasn't sexy this year. They didn't have big time right. quarterback. They didn't. They didn't blow people away. That's really they, all. That's, that's really. That's, that's what really the only thing they were missing was the big time quarterback. Well, that's what it boils down. Everything to. else. Well, that's what it boils down to. But, they wasn't yeah. very sexy this year. They was more blue collar no. and and it just wasn't an exciting team this year. So that's what the that, no, for me is for me is fine, but for Ohio State people, no. You know, for me on the no, outside, they were looking to watch this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They wasn't sexy at all. That's the problem. Y- y'all spoiled uh, like that. You know, you got three first round yeah, quarterbacks, three first round quarterbacks in a row, and you know the other guy was he was all right. Just you know, just wasn't they wasn't sexy this year. That's all I can say. Yeah, uh, Michigan. I thought Michigan made the game more difficult than it was supposed to be. When you start off the way they started off, running the ball the way they were running the ball, they had 175 yards rushing on their first nine carries. Why they ever stopped running the ball, even for a minute, is beyond me because early on, I mean, Washington just couldn't do anything with the running game. And Donovan Edwards goes two for 84 or two for 87 to two touchdowns on his first two carries. He only carried the ball four more times the whole rest of the game, which was – which like sometimes guys seem like he in the zone, and you'd be like, "Well, we're just gonna feed him for a minute." But that was not the case. So all of that was interesting. But at the end of the day, regardless of what they did on offense, uh, their defense was so good that Michigan, that Washington, really—I mean, they had a chance, but they really never had a chance. Uh, you know, they couldn't make plays when they needed to. What do you think about J.J. McCarthy now, and what do you think about him potentially in the NFL? Uh, he probably won't play in the NFL. He reminds me of uh, TCU's quarterback last year. He's a winner. He can run. His passing game is okay. I always thought Michigan played him in the wrong offense. It's like a square peg in a round hole. He should have been a zone read quarterback. Meaning he should have been running more? Yep. He should have been. They should have ran some zone read with him. But he played in the pro-style offense, and he just never looked comfortable. But he a winner. He got the job done. Um yeah, 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 yeah. You're an athlete, you know, it's one of them things where when you say they try to make it more difficult for them to win, that's because they want to get J.J. involved. They want to get the passing game involved. <laughs> you know, it's an it's a overall, you know, you want to reward everybody because number two and number seven, man, they was they was tearing it up. But, you know, it's like, hey, let's get J.J. involved. And at the end, he did do some things, you know. Dude, I'd have been like, we're going to get J.J. involved once we're up 28 nothing in the second quarter. Yeah. Then we can let that thing loose because they ain't never coming back. Because yeah. uh, the start of the game was – I thought – I was like, oh, my God, are we finna get Georgia and TCU again? And then they finally settled down. And, uh, and again, it was uh, – what was it? It was 14-3 to when Penix missed, missed the wide-open dude. Um probably about 20, 30 yards downfield. Maybe he scores on this play. Maybe he doesn't. But I, I, I say he missed him because I don't know who to blame because it looked like he threw it over the outside shoulder and dude had to kind of pirouette and turn 
and maybe he was looking for the ball over the inside shoulder. So I don't know who was at fault there, but all I know is the dude was wide open and they missed an opportunity for a big play that back then may have made it 14 to 10, settled the game down, and uh, they may have had a shot. But then again, the way Michigan played, maybe there was no shot. I never so, had. Uh, that's never enough had. talk about. They never had a shot. Michigan was beating them up, you know. Yeah, yeah. it was a uh, it was very physical ass kicking. Michigan put on them. Uh, I done told y'all this before. I'm going to say it again. Michigan deserves all the credit. Anytime you go 15-0, hey, man, what can you say? They beat Alabama, so we don't have to hear no BS from the SEC about, oh, we should have had that. Nah, you got your ass kicked by Michigan, too. Uh, and uh, the only thing I – I mean, again, I don't like Michigan. Uh, I don't want to read a bunch of stuff about them this morning. I so so salty. So salty. Damn. But I'm telling you, I'm salty. Why are we still? I'm not denying. Why are you it? still congratulating them? You're gonna be salty. That's like because, somebody. That's because, like somebody marrying your girl. You're going congratulations, dog. I hope y'all be happy. <laughs> hope y'all have a lot of kids. Because I'm, I'm giving them their props. Okay, man. Because uh, they deserve their props. The only thing I don't like, and you know, Jim Harbaugh is doing it again. You got found guilty by court of your peers for crimes against the conference or whatever. You were found guilty by your own thing. You admitted your boy was on your staff. Why you keep trying to play the freaking victim? You're not a victim. You committed the crime. You paid the penalty for committing the crime. And that's it. But don't be acting like a victim because you're not. That's my only beef with it, dog. Hey, they caught us. We got away with it. They caught us. We paid our penalty. We trying to move on. All this victim stuff. God. Okay. Enough of that. Let's call Todd Archer. For real? <laughs> oh, salty ass. That's funny. <laughs> Golly. Man, I hope y'all have a long life together, man. Yada, yada, yada. All right. <laughs> Let's see. What's up? What's up, my friend? How are you today? I'm doing all right. Oh, well, this is How are you? This is Todd Archer. I'm fine. Uh, my longtime beat writer partner at the Dallas Morning News. Now, ESPN Insider brought to you each and every Wednesday by good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue. Your Dallas Cowboys, NFC East champs. We saw it coming all the way. Yeah, sure. Especially when the <laughs> Eagles were like, yeah. Especially when the Eagles had Giants, Cardinals, Giants in the last three games, we thought there's no way that the, the, that they'd lose two of the three of those games, and really probably could have lost all three. Um, but it speaks to the NFC nineteen straight years now without repeat champions. So I would say the Cowboys are not going to repeat as NFC champs in 2024, and they'll have to. If they're going to get to the playoffs for a fourth straight year, it'll be through a wild card, just because. That, that's Just my bold there. prediction. Yeah. I'm sticking with history. of. Right. I'm sticking with the last 19 <laughs> years. Uh, okay, before we get into the Dallas Cowboys, uh, in general, what are your thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles and their meltdown? Because I'm interested in everybody's opinion. Because uh, my son asked me last night, he said, what the heck happened to the Eagles? I was like, man, I think they had a lot of internal bickering that led to an on-the-field implosion. What's, uh, what's your thought? Yeah, it's hard for us. That's what we think when we watch from the outside and you look at the sidelines right. and you interpret 
body language and how guys interact and yada, yada, yada. Um, and I'm not saying all that stuff is not true, but I'll also look at it and say, I think we underrated maybe the loss of their two coordinators. Clearly those guys are missed. Yeah. Uh, because neither guy that replaced them has done as good a job to keep the, the things afloat there. Um, I think, you know, that especially defensively, at some point, age wins. Like, you, you lose it. And that, we always talk about how great that defensive line was, how great it was. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham have been great players. Maybe they're going to be Hall of Fame worthy at, at some point. I don't I don't know. But they're, they've been thorns to the Cowboys for years. And I'm sure they played well. But they were part of a, a unit that was disappointing. The back end of that defense, right, right. disappointing. The linebackers, disappointing. Like, and Jalen Hurts, his play all year wasn't as good as it was a year ago. So, I think it just shows you that it's a it's it's hard to win in the National Football League. And when you have that opportunity, if we can bring it back to the Cowboys, when we, when you have that opportunity, you better get it because you're guaranteed nothing. And this, for me, is the Cowboys' best chance to do something. Because they're not going through an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, a pick whoever else you want type quarterback to get to a Super Bowl. No, I would agree with like you. They ended up so high. That right back around. Right. See that? See, that's that's why that's why you're a professional. That's why we have you on here. That's why we spend the big money that we do to have you. Oh, <laughs> hey Joe, where's our barbecue gift certificate? Hey man, hey, why, why, why you gotta go there, man? All right. <laughs> I mean, that was really unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Ty got them good shots. Uh, <laughs> he got the good rim shots. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What do you think about the Cowboys? How, how do you feel about them as we head into Green Bay? Uh, I know they got the two home games. That's great. But how do you feel about the way they're playing? I, I mean, I, I, you feel good about it, I guess, right? I mean, couldn't they have won in Miami? Sure, they could have. The defense didn't make enough plays, and the offense didn't make, make enough plays, and they had the turnovers that hurt them. Um, the Detroit game, good win, tough win at home. You can debate the official stuff at the end that may have helped them or, or hurt them as well, but that's a good win. And then in Washington, they, they did what they were supposed to do, and they put away a bad team. It might have taken a quarter and a half longer than, than they would have liked, but they dominated it. So I feel the offense, I'm trying to think, like, this is as good as I feel about the Cowboys' offense since the end of the 24, going into a playoffs, since the end of the 2014 season when they were scoring, like, 40 points a game the last month or five weeks of that season, if you remember. Uh, and talking to my good friend Rob Domofsky in Green Bay, who just doesn't think that their defense up, up there in Packerland is – doing too well I think that bodes well for Dallas and then with the Cowboys defense they've been better against the run um, and they've taken the ball away so those are two things that you have to do in the playoffs now they're facing a quarterback that has one pick in his last what seven or eight games whatever it is Um, but it's going to be his first playoff game so you know I I would say all signs they're in a good spot it's probably the best way to say it but there's always some hesitation because of this team's history when it comes to playoff games. 
And I don't know how you get rid of that. What is winning? No, nah, the only way to get rid of it is to win. Uh, you said something interesting. How, why do you feel so good about the offense when we spend so much time talking about, hey, what's up with the run game? Uh, because it, they they can make it look so easy. And it, I know it's not, but they can make it look easy. Like, the, he was 13 of 13 to C.D. Lynn. That's the Dak was. That's the best or the most completions without a miss in the NFL since 2009, I think it had to have been to Wes Walker and it had to have been Tom Brady, right? Tom um, Brady. At least I think it was. Wow. Uh, uh, he was six of six to Jake Ferguson as well. So, you know, we know what tight ends mean to Dak. We know what CD is meant to Dak. Um, and, and I thought the run game against Washington without their two starting guards was really good. And I thought, I think Pollard has played better down the stretch than his numbers have suggested. I think the issues have been up front. Now you add Tyler Smith coming back. Zach Martin should be back from his illness. That's why I just think I feel better about this, as good about this offense as it did. And I just looked it up. They, they scored at least 38 points in their last four games going into that playoff run. So, right. You know, I, I, I just think they've they found a little something again, maybe what they had in that five-game winning streak. Uh, with their pace of operation, uh, spreading the ball around, the run game's been was better. So I, I think they found something. Uh, what kind of new superlatives can we come up with for the quarterback? Because he was phenomenal to me the other <laughs> day. Yeah, I mean, it, what five incompletions and four touchdown passes? Right? Was that the final number? I mean, how can you yeah. miss those four passes, Dak? Um, what do you do? Five <laughs> passes. What are you doing? Uh, but this is the interesting thing, and I think he knows it, right? Maybe that's why he didn't wear the hat, the T-shirt uh, after the game. It resets for him. It was great, 36 yeah. touchdowns, nine interceptions. You, you proved last year was the anomaly with the interceptions. You, you've uh, really taken to the changes McCarthy has brought to the offense. All that tends across the board. Now, now it starts all over. And what are you going to do in the playoffs? And, and really, Dak's playoff numbers – all right. Besides last year in San Francisco, maybe the last two years. They've been I'm pretty not good. Say that he's been okay in the playoffs, but he's not. And just as Romo was okay in the playoffs, but it wasn't as good as he needed it to be. Well, Dak needs to be as good as he's been in the regular season and probably take it up a notch for this team to to go to a Super Bowl. And I think Dak understands that. He, he's that's why he's like I'm, I want something better than just this hat and this T-shirt when he talked to us after the game on Sunday. No, I think he's locked in on that. Um, I think I've asked you this before, but now the season's over. Why do you think he's been so good? Yeah, I said this earlier on another radio station this morning down in San Antonio, so I'm going to repeat it to you. And it's just my own personal <laughs> history of something that when I was first covering the NFL, Boomer size and was in Cincinnati, and um, – he talked to like when you come into the league, athletically you're way up here where you are in, in your right. mind and bo- with your body, but mentally you're down way low. And as the years climb and progress, those those two levels eventually equal each other. Where you're not as athletically gifted, but your mind is is far superior than what it was. And I think this is the year where Dak has found that perfect meld of 
his, the physical stuff, his ankles feeling better. He said that this is as good as he's felt health wise in a long time and mentally knowing everything and seeing everything. And now you find out how long this run lasts. That lasts. Is it one year? Is it two years? Is it five years? Right. Brady had 15 years of it. Evidently Romo was entering that stage after 2014 and his body didn't hold up for him. Right. So it can, it can last a long time or it can go quickly and it goes back to what we what I mentioned earlier. That's why you got to grab it when you can. But I think what Dak is, Dak is at that moment where athletically he's as good as he's going to be at, at this age and his mind is as, as good as it's ever going to be because he's seen so much. Isn't yeah, that what no, Romo that's, said? That's right? Romo, gave a, Romo gave us like one of like, yeah. it's like you have the answers for the test before well, you get the test. And I think he's at that point. Right. And, you know, it's uh, all the players really say that. It's a matter of when you hit that moment because, um, you know, I've referenced this quite a bit lately. But I had a conversation with Demarcus Lawrence about a month ago where he was talking about, I feel like I'm in the Matrix where I just kind of can see things and that's why at a certain point I can make a play because I can kind of see it coming before it happens. And now I trust it and so I just go do it. And so um, I think Dak is probably at that point. Uh, you know, that's also the beauty, perhaps, of McCarthy while changing the offense, keeping some of the principles for so long so that he's basically had the same offense for many years now. Um, and so that he's he's got the nuanced, you know, of the offense. So, you know, he's just uh, he's just in a great spot. And nothing should make you feel better than having a quarterback playing well as you're entering the playoffs. Uh, by the same token, when did you become a CeeDee Lamb believer? <clears throat> Like he was a legit um, number one, not just a good player. Right. I, w- I mean, honestly, I thought last year. Like, and I'm not going to say what Dak said when Dak's like, oh, the moment he got here. Because, I mean, I, I, no, I thought he was stop. going to be good, and I can't believe they got him at pick 20, whatever the heck they got him at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, when did they get him? I don't remember. But he shouldn't have been there when they picked, and this is when you take advantage uh, of that moment. But I would say – Last year, when he went 107 for 1359 and um, taken over for Amari, but I think he again he's right. gone to that to the to the next level of their number one receivers because in part because every team has to have a number one receiver. Receiver, there is okay. He's a number one regardless. And then there's that. What do we want to say? How many are there? Five of them that are the one of them ones. Yeah. As he said, he's yeah. in that territory now. <laughs> so there are levels. Yeah, of and that's probably receivers. what I was getting at. Definitely. He's at the top. He he's at the top of the number one level receivers right now. And again, like it just thirteen to thirteen is hard to do. And it wasn't like it was Charlie checkdown stuff. Like, and I realized he didn't have a hundred <laughs> yards in those. He didn't have a hundred yards in those thirteen catches, but. He was in different spots. He ran different routes. They got him in different matchups. And I think that's where he's so dangerous is how he can maneuver around the formation. And they they can get him on linebackers. They can get him on safeties. They can get him on their third corner. And he can still win against the top corner. So um, it's he's he's been impressive. And like I would like to – Offensive Player of the Year and MVP and what should be the difference. He should get votes for Offensive Player of the Year. He's not going to win it. 
mind you. I, I think McCaffrey maybe wins it or Kyrie Kill or whatever. Maybe somebody goes for quarterback. Right. But he has to get some votes for the season that he had and how good it's been. And the dude's only – how old is CD? 24. 24? 20, like, yeah, 24. So this this is this seems a little different than the run we saw Dez on and from 12 to 14. This is different than uh, – I'm just going from my tenure here, like the T.O. run because T.O. was probably 30-ish when he got here anyway. Like this is a dude who, right. who could just blow away everybody's record if he stays healthy and stays here and for as long as you think he's going to play. No, I think you're right. The uh, T.O. showed up, dude. T.O. was 33 when he showed up. Yeah. T.O. was 33 was when he 20s. showed up. This was late 20s in 2014, 12 to 14, like 26, 27, uh, 28. Yeah, let me go like look. That. Uh, I was going to tell you this. T.O. from 33 to 35 averaged uh, – 78 catches, 1,200 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That ain't bad for that age group, bro. Uh, right. And then Dez Bryant. Yeah, I think Dez. Okay, so Dez, Dez, Dez came in the league older. The same age. No, Dez was, Dez was 24 in 2012. So I keep forgetting that Dez came out. Dez well, is. Both came out early, but Dez yeah, didn't you, play his last You know, you're right. Uh, Dez from 24 to 20. This is unbelievable, man. Dez was done, and he'll be mad if you say it like that, but he was 24 to 26 when he did his damage. After that, he yeah. didn't. Right, and that, um, I think that was when he started getting banged up and hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hurt his nah, knee one he year, had, right? Yeah. As great as Dez was, he only had 3,000-yard seasons, um, and they happened all in a row, 2012, 13, and 14, when he was the most unstoppable receiver in the league to me because you just throw the well, fade Calvin up there Johnson. to him. Calvin Johnson at that time. Well, yeah, let me give Calvin, Calvin Johnson his, uh, well, his they props. Was, they was comparing <laughs> him to Megatron, though. They was, they was one and right. two, yeah. Yeah, uh, for that period uh, when he was just, you know, you couldn't really do anything with him. Uh, so, no, CD is, uh, CD's been great. And it doesn't feel like CD's run is about to end. Seems like it's just really getting started. Um, yeah. Because hopefully you would, you would think he's going to play with Dak several more years before, uh, you know, Dak rides off into the sunset or his contract's up or whatever. So um, both of them in their primes because quarterback prime's a little older than uh, receiver prime. They should do some damage. Uh, defensively, what's the key for these Cowboys heading into the playoffs? I mean, I can give you the Johnny football boring ass answer that no one really cares about. No, I, I want, the, run, I want right? the exciting Todd Archer answer. Yeah, no, I, I'll take boring. That's all good. I'm good with that. <laughs> I mean, they got to stop the run, and they did it again. I, everything is like he just going to say, okay, I realize it was Washington, but they stopped the run. Um, I didn't think they were that good at stopping the run against Detroit. I thought they were okay against Miami, I guess, uh, to a degree, but it kept them under 100. Obviously, they're awful against right. Buffalo. But, you know, Aaron Jones has caused this team issues. A.J. Dillon's a big back. They're probably getting, going to want to start Jordan Love slowly in his first playoff game and not ask him to do anything. Maybe I'm wrong. But, um, you know, then you look past this one, then you're facing Detroit again. 
you know, you know, you stop the run, you then you face San Francisco, stop the run. So that that one's going to be the key to me. How they play defensively, uh, some of it's predicated on the offense getting a lead for that defense. But I think the good thing you've seen here lately is they're they've gotten the takeaways again. They they were missing those for a couple games there, but now they're getting the takeaways again. Jordan Lewis is a baller, man. Like he he might be one of my <laughs> the favorite guys to watch play that I've covered on this team because he's five nine, one eighty five. I don't know what they list him at, but he might be among the top yeah, guys that's that. ever played here. I mean, he he's no, a you dude. know what? Like, he he's a dude. Like he, I, I enjoy watching him. And not just because I'm a Michigan fan. Drop who won the game last night? Oh, oh sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> hey, you know he been salty, man. First, first, first ten minutes of this show, salty as hell. Congratulations. I was not salty. Yeah, I gave them their props. Congratulations, Michigan. I did. It was like this talk. Congratulations, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, y'all win. Y'all was the greatest. All right, then. It was like that, dog. Salty, man. So you go Moving ahead. on. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I have frequently said Jordan Lewis is the only dude from Michigan I like. I frequently said that. Yeah, you have. I gave him a. I gave him a. I gave. I dapped him up and gave him a bro man hug in the locker room when they beat us this year. And he looked at me and started laughing and said, "You a good man," uh, because uh, <laughs> I like Jordan Lewis for the same reason Todd likes him. He ain't never been a big dude, yet he's played at uh, at Michigan, and. He's carved out a career in Dallas where they've been trying to replace him for a minute because, and everybody will forever be trying to replace him because he's a small guy. But if you're talking about, and, and Todd and I have talked about this at various points, you can beat Jordan Lewis and you can make some plays on Jordan Lewis like you can everybody. But Jordan Lewis is also a playmaker. And at various times throughout the season, he's going to make some plays. And yeah. if you got, you just want guys on your team who make plays, man. Because if you got a roster full of guys like that, then you got, then you can make something happen. His tackling, man, for little dudes, his tackling is, right. is, is open, field, open, field, open field think, tackling. Think about, think about the he, he, he ripped the ball away from McCaffrey up yep. in San Francisco in the regular season. He ripped the ball away from Brian Robinson the other day. Like he's going for the ball and. And, and I go back to the – had to have been the Detroit game or maybe even the Miami game. Like, he's setting the edge on some of those things as a nickel yeah. corner. Yeah. Like, I mean, and making tackles. Like, you know, he he's he, he's fun to watch. But to get back to the rest of the defense, as much as we enjoy watching Jordan Lewis, and it's probably about this whole team, right? The Stars have to play right. like Stars. Mike has yes. got to be a star. Demarcus Lawrence has got to be a star. The the, the they all got to be stars. Dak, CD, uh, the offensive linemen that we all know about. For them to go on, they, those guys have to be at their best. It's it, it, not that you can live with the guys who aren't stars playing less, but it's almost like you right. those stars better rise to the occasion and and make themselves known in these next couple of weeks. Uh, and that leads us to this last uh, topic. What about the head coach? Uh, there's a now there's there's a quote there's out there where Jerry's talking about McCarthy, and he ends it with, "But there are games to go." Basically, saying it, it seems like he's saying, "Ah, but you know, we'll see how these games in the playoffs go." Uh, is there any way you see McCarthy not returning next year? 
Okay, he just said it as anyway. So we've been covering this team long <laughs> enough to know you never close the idea on something when Jerry Jones. So if there's any way, sure. Is it 5%, 2%, whatever? So, yes, there is a way, uh, but it would be surprising to me. Like, I mean, it's three straight 12-win seasons, three straight playoff spots. Dak had his best season. I, I think some of it of the McCarthy speculation always falls on what we think we know about Jerry Jones and not actually what we've seen from Jerry Jones. Right. Right. Uh, Since Chan Gailey, that was two years and the Campo era doesn't count because they knew they were going to be bad. So he gave Garrett nine years. He gave Wade an, an extra year after, you know, after we thought he was going to be gone in 08, he stuck with Wade. They went to the playoffs again in 09, and then 2010 it ended. So he's not been as impetuous as we always think he's going to be, just as the Cowboys never spend money in free agency either, but they're always linked to the highest-priced free agents. Um, so it would surprise right. me if, if Mike were not to be here. But can I reserve the rights to change my mind as I'm sure Jerry might if they lose Sunday to the Packers at home <laughs> in a bad way? I, uh, I think that yeah. would all go into it. Be, I think that would all go into it because then he's going to be like, well, do I really want to lose Dan Quinn? Do I, do I think Dak can, can maintain this level of play with uh, someone else in his ear offensively um, for the first time uh, in, in with a different system or Maybe they keep would keep Brian Schottenheimer's coordinator. I don't know. Um, so, but to go back to there, is there any way possible? I think there's any way, yes, because it's Jerry and you never know. But again, I'd be surprised. A lot of folks think Dan Quinn will be gone after this year. If he is, is he a DC on the staff or they got to go get one? Great, great question. Um, because we know how Mike McCarthy feels about Joe Witt Jr. Uh, they were together in Green Bay. He has said Joe could be a head coach. Well, if you leave, Joe could be a head coach. Right. Doesn't that mean he probably thinks he could be a coordinator too? Um, <laughs> yeah, I would think so. So that, I, I would think he would be in that mix. Maybe Al Harris would get in that mix um, as well. But I don't know if any of that is a lock. And I wonder if they would just make a – search to see and dirty a guy who coached under um coached under quinn in atlanta you know is that a guy that maybe can go from defensive line coach to to a coordinator you know maybe that maybe one of those three guys becomes a guy but i think they might look and see what is available and then and then make their decision i don't know if this is like a fait accompli that the next guy is already in the building and you just bump them up all right, uh, before we let you go, uh, who you got this weekend? There ain't no at home for a reason. They won 16 straight games at home for a reason. Um, I'm going to take the experienced quarterback this time over the uh, young quarterback. <laughs> uh, when you look at last time the Packers visited in the playoffs, Dak was a rookie, loves essentially a rookie as a first-year starter. Dak is now Aaron Rodgers. Dak, da, 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 da. Dak wins, and the Cowboys move to the divisional round of the playoffs, and then 
we'll see if they can break through that ceiling of uh, the, the divisional round because they've not done it in quite a long time. Who do you uh, got? Is there any upset? You... Oh, I, I got the Cowboys. I think it'll. Um, I think they'll play really well this week. Uh, like I don't think the wild card round bothers them. Um, I think they'll probably win something like uh, 38-21. Might be a little close early, but I think uh, eventually they'll prevail. And uh, they'll put up some numbers, and then it'll be like, who's coming to town? And that's when yeah. the real action begins. Uh, outside, like I think Tampa beats um, Philadelphia. And I think there's a uh, – I seem to think that the uh, I'm on, I'm one of those guys I'm I'm on uh, I really like the Lions but I'm on the Rams bandwagon right now I think they're playing pretty well it wouldn't surprise me if they went to Detroit and won because uh, we all know all the Dan favorites Campbell's on that one yeah no I, I wouldn't mind seeing I like Dan Campbell he's a good dude and he was a good dude while he was here so uh, I'd like to see them win I like new blood I like the way he turned that whole program around but the Rams are playing really good. Ever since they got all their guys back on offense. And, uh, you know, sometime, man, when you got that first game at the crib and you ain't been in the playoffs in a long time, I mean, they were raising banners for the division before the game last week. Right. Yeah. You know, they may have shot – they may have done their thing during the regular season and and uh, outside of that initial flurry, you know, they may not be able to keep it together. So we'll see. I think it'll be a fun weekend, though. Are you, are you, uh, are you paying for Peacock? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I already have it anyway. Uh, to watch soccer? Yeah. Or you had, oh, all right, see. <laughs> so it doesn't cost right, me well, nothing. Fine. Put it on whatever you want. And, and it's, <laughs> look, there's money you make, Jacques, you can afford Peacock. Go ahead. Clearly, you have not been looking at the JJT Media Group's books lately. So, with that, Clearly, I know you know everything's a write-off, and you can write it off. He said, so go ahead and... <laughs> Go ahead and get it. Todd, he said you got to go, Todd. He said you got to go. <laughs> we, we kicking your ass out of here, Todd. You, he said you got to go. He said you going to talk about his money, you got to go, man. You know what I'm saying? What's up? What's up? Yeah, you started, you started talking about the books and the finance, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll see you out at the start tomorrow. Happy trails to All you, right. Todd, aren't you? Yeah, Glad I'll to have you, buddy. Lunch. Since you're struggling so much, I'll make you a lunch. I'll have it ready for you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Todd, Todd, we'll make a sandwich now. Todd, make a sandwich for your ass. <laughs> All, All right, right. we'll talk to you later, man. Yeah. Later. <laughs> That's Todd Archer, brought to you each and every Wednesday by our friends at Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. You need to go by Smokey John's. I recommend you go by this week like I am. And get yourself anything on the menu. It's all delicious. Catfish. Yeah, the catfish. Roast. It's good. all fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's all fantastic. They got a they got the stand white, which is a rib, and some catfish put together in this plate. But I highly recommend what's off the menu, which is the jam session bowl. Now rumor has it that it's delicious. That rumor has it that it's a base with macaroni and cheese in one or mashed potatoes in the other. And then rumor has it that you put two out of five smoked meats on it. Friend of mine really wants to try the brisket brisket combination. I, of course, go with the brisket sausage most of the time. Uh, then, all that stuff you find on the loaded baked potato, man. All that stuff. Sour cream and chives and bacon bits and cheese and butter if that's how you get down. Mm, 
All of that, man. They put that on top of it. And then they either drizzle it with that great barbecue sauce or they drench it with that barbecue sauce. You tell them how you want it. Uh, it is delicious. Uh, it's enough for two. Easy. Easy. Uh, and if um, you got a little shorty, I promise you the three of y'all can eat off of it. It's that much food, uh, which is really funny uh, because, uh, you know, I've, I've rarely seen one person kill it. Uh, my dad tried to do the one person kill it a, a couple years ago when he was in town, and uh, he could not handle it. <laughs> he couldn't get it done. Uh, so if you need some Smokey Johns in your life a little more frequently than that, all you got to go is go to the website, click on the Marketplace, SJ Market right there and uh, order the sauce or the rub. You have it at your crib in a couple days. Uh, matter of fact, they got a new 12-ounce bottle of the rub. I put the rub on some popcorn, sent a picture to, to uh, Big Joe the other day, uh, and this, uh, it was delicious. Uh, if you need it a little more frequently than that, you can go to an HEB all over Dallas-Fort Worth, Burleson, McKinney, Waxahachie, Frisco, you get the rub there. They got them statewide too, so maybe even San Antonio you can pick it up. No excuse not to have the rub or the sauce. You can get it online very easily. Smokey John's Barbecue, food to live for. Uh, let's take a, a quick trip around the block, bro. I have around a couple of things to discuss. <laughs> Now, for the last few days, man, I've had a uh, slow leak in my tire. At first, I thought it was just, uh, for whatever reason, just low. So I went to go put some air in it. Now, I have been traumatized from putting air in tires. You know why? I was that guy, bro. Me. I was that guy. In college, I had a white Carmen gear. It was a great car and bad decision. Because it was a car that needed too much maintenance uh, for me to be a college student. It's the only car I've ever seen. And tell me if you've heard of this, dog. It was part clutch, part automatic. They called it an automatic stick. Uh, have you heard of that? No. So, but anyway, it was a Volkswagen based Carmen Gears, the two seater sports car. And uh, that's what I took to college. Again, it's a great, great car, bad choice. Uh, but my tire was flat one day, and I went to put some air in it in college. And you know what happened? I put too much air in it. Damn tire exploded on me, dog. Now I'm really mad because now I'm embarrassed because I done blew up my own tire. And I still got to go tow my car somewhere being a college student with no money. So fast forward, I'm always leery of uh, putting air in my tire now. But they got these newfangled air machines. Have you tried one of those anytime lately? Man, they got this thing called a tire gauge, but it's your story. But go ahead. What do you want me to say? I'm trying to be nice, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to, I'm, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, 
I uh, I want to go get some air. Do you know I, when last time I put air in my tire? It seemed like it cost seventy five cents to put air in my tire. You needed three quarters. Do you know how much air it is to put air in your tire right now, Doc? No. Two dollars and fifty cents. Damn, where are you going? Two fifty. Where are you? No, going? seven. Are you? I was at Seven Eleven. Are, are you getting Costco air or something? No, I was at Seven Eleven. You in the wrong? Costco place? air is free. Yeah, if I'd been no, nah, I did one of them. One of them was in. Uh, one of them was in Arlington. One of them was in Fort Worth. One of them was in Trinity Groves. The cheapest price was two dollars. The other price was two fifty. People have gone crazy charging you for air. But now, for people like me, they're automated. You put the gauge. You put. You pay for the air. The exorbitant rate, the two dollars and fifty cents. Then you put the thing on your tire, and while you're putting it on there, it'll tell you what the tire pressure is. I mean, it just goes up. Click. Mine kept hovering at twenty, then went to twenty-two. Finally, got up to thirty-four. I took it off. So now it is literally impossible for you to blow up your own tire. And to that, I say thank y'all for technology. So that's what I spent the weekend doing. I had to do it about four times. Because I couldn't go to a car shop on Sunday. I couldn't get it fixed till yesterday. But uh, now I'm up and rolling again. So um, that's just in case you need some air on your tire. Understand that one, you can't blow it up. Two, it's very expensive to get air in your tire now. <laughs> hey, man, everybody's not handy around the car, bro. Yeah, I'm not handy around and the I feel car. Like- um, no, sir. Not at all. Matter of fact, I don't use a tire gauge, but... I know what a tire gauge is, but no, I ain't handy. I like mean, that. I, I ain't gonna pretend I know what to one be. Is. Anybody knows me knows I'm asked more questions about a car. And hey, all right, good. Yeah, well, that's what I do. Uh, but that air stuff, no, nah. not that. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You can't be a truck now, driver a for 25 of... years and not know something. But no, not that. Well, yeah, you make a good point about that. I had a friend of mine uh, who vowed. I'm trying to figure out when they did this. This was probably about four or five years ago. They literally vowed that they were not going to update their phone anymore with Apple. Their theory was that every time you update it, Apple puts stuff in your phone to mess it up so that you got to go buy stuff for it later. Or, uh, or it messes up the configurations that you have. And so this person just decided, I'm not going to do it. And you know what happened? Uh, they skipped probably. I'm not. This is because we were talking about this one day for about 30 minutes. They skipped about four, maybe more than that, maybe five or six updates in a row. And guess what happened, dog? At some point, their phone stopped working because all the updates had changed all the inner stuff in it. And so, like, I mean, you could call on it, but anything else, it was really slow, <clears throat> slow to work. And so, eventually, they had to get the update. Um. You just updated your phone and you were kind of irritated. What did it do to yours? Well, it just changed the names in there. That's the only thing. Uh, the 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 lifespan of Apple is pretty good, so I would suggest updating. The only thing pissing me off is that it updates my names. You know, you've been JT the whole uh, time. I just say, hey, call JT. Now it's Jean Jacques Taylor. What the hell? And sometimes it recognizes, sometimes it don't. It just changes the names of people. You know, I got a friend of mine named Rick. Well, 
obviously, well, I was laughing because Rick knows I ain't about, about shit when I do when they do car stuff, and he laughing at the damn me suggesting a tire gauge for you because he suggested for me a hundred times. But anyway, now he's Sean. Right, right, right. Now he's Sean. So it just messes up the names and stuff. But I would say that most of the Androids, I've, I've had way more Androids than I had Apple phones. I, I bought an Android maybe a year and a half after I got a, you know, a year and a half after I got after it, I a new one. Yeah. But my Apple phone, I think I'm on 11, I think. Something like that. But I'm good. I don't with know. That. Well, I was. Uh, I don't like to get them often, but I was kind of intrigued by the titanium one that's out now. The, the I think it's the 16 or the 15. Yeah, I think I got a uh, 12. I think mm-hmm. so. I could justify it if I wanted to make a move um, in my mind. But uh, I, it's it's interesting. I used to get phones every time they came out, and then I started treating them like video games, which means it seemed like every every other year. Is when you need to buy a video game, a new one, because uh, they don't make enough change from year to year to warrant going out and getting a new one every year. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever use the like full, a, you ever use the full capability of your phone? You know what I'm saying? I think now, I use that is about, a very good question. Yeah, I think I use about forty percent of what mine does. Maybe. What would you det- What would you call the full capability of it? Video, audio, organization—you know the, orga- the 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 organization part of the phone. The, no, that's the a, scheduling that's a, part. That's a, okay, let's uh, let's go down here. What would you say your ten most frequently used apps are on your phone? Uh, man, as you look at it right now, probably Facebook, probably uh, some games I got on there, text messaging, right? Phone calls, right? Uh, you talking about apps, ESPN? Uh, I don't know. It's it's casual stuff. I'm I'm, not not doing no production stuff on them at all. See, like I like I use my planner. I don't I don't use the calendar they got. I went and bought a Pro Planner uh, because I like that one better. Uh, I use that. I use Notes mode all the time Uh, when I got story ideas or I got. Thoughts that come down, I, I, I write them down there. I use voice recorded, voice memos all the time mm-hmm. uh, for taping. I use this other app called Otter because it will um, it'll transcribe your conversations uh, when you're doing interviews. Uh, I use pages quite a bit on my phone because I type stories on my phone sometimes, more often than not. Um, so I use quite a few uh, production apps on my phone. So... Um, I'd say I use it quite a bit um, for business-related stuff. You know, I use the camera. I use the video to post stuff. I use Twitter all the time. Uh, I got a cross rope, which is a jump rope app I use quite a bit. So uh, I wonder how many people, you know, use actually, actually, your percentage is way higher than mine. I'm probably like 40% capability. I bet you about 85, 90 with all of the stuff you're doing. I wonder how many people actually do yeah. that with their phone because, you know, it's a lot of surfing, a lot of other stuff. Hell no. Yeah, I use it for, for I use it as the mini computer that yeah. some people say that it is. Yeah, it is. Because uh, I do a lot of production on it. Um, and I like Apple because I, I use my iPad all the time too, so you can go back and forth very easily between them. That probably uh, and I'm there. always looking for apps... That probably lends itself to you being in the business that you're in, being a writer and different stuff like that. And 
the voice notes and stuff. Yeah. I know as a driver, I use the GPS. I use the notes a little bit when I was a driver. Um, yeah, right. a lot of a lot of the GPS features, a lot of the notes, a lot of the phone number. You know, because you always got to call somewhere to get somewhere and make sure somebody you can right. pick up something. So yeah, probably when I was a driver, I probably used about sixty percent. But as you know, uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna put that out on Twitter today. Like I got seven hundred forty-two voice memos. Mm-hmm. Most of those are interviews, but go. I probably got another three hundred on Otter where I where I needed them transcribed. <clears throat> Yeah. So uh, I use them quite a bit, uh, and you know now you can you can do all kind of stuff on your phone. Like I signed some, uh, what do you call it? Signed some documents with DocuSign. Mm-hmm. So uh, sent some documents. I sent my invoices to my clients uh, through my phone. So uh, matter of fact, some one client called me the other day. She's like, Jacques, you did not send me an invoice yet. I'm closing out my books today. I need it now." I said, "You know what?" I got you. Man, I stopped what I was doing. Hit that uh, square thing on my phone. It's an app. And sent that invoice, man, in about 30 minutes. I mean, in about three minutes. And uh, I was laughing because she paid it literally about two minutes later. And so uh, it was a good day to have my phone with me. But you can do all that stuff on your phone, man. All of that. So it's good. But uh, that's enough phone talk. That was a quick trip around the block. Um... but my car is working. My phone is working. And now let's go to Joe's favorite segment of the week, man. Four plays to shape the game. It's been a while since we did this, dog. Yeah, we missed last week. Sorry. Right. Here's what it is. Well, we missed last week because uh, I forgot to do it. I got so caught up in doing some other stuff we had talked about, and I switched the I switched the segments around. I hung up, and I was like, "Dog, I think I forgot to do it." And then we were trying to catch up later on the day, and schedules would not permit us to do so, and so I felt badly about that because you know a lot of work goes into setting that up. Uh, but uh, we got it this week, and so without further ado, let's talk about the four plays that shaped the game. In the Cowboys' 38-10 victory over the Washington Commanders. Is it hard for you to remember that they're the Commanders? Sometimes, yeah. 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 I want to be calling them the Commandos, but they're the Commanders. Uh, I will say this, though. I do like the uniforms. I like, uh, <coughs> I like the uniforms quite a bit. Okay. Uh-huh. And... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of announcers. I remember uh, James Brown and somebody else would never say Redskins. They would always say the, Is that right? the Washington team, yeah, or the team from Washington. Yeah. Really? For a long time, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, commanders, yeah. Well, if you are uh, new to the show, four players to shape the game is uh, something I started doing a long time ago when I was with the Dallas Morning News, but it was really ten plays to shape the season. And it turned into four plays that shaped the game because in the uh, Cowboys win over Washington, there were 118 plays. But in every game, there's always three or four or five that if they had gone another way, the game might have been completely different, which is why coaches often say the game's about a matter of inches uh, because so many times you can look at a game and just be like, wow, this thing could have gone the other way if they had made this play. And so that's what it's based on. And so – 
Um, Cowboys won the toss and actually uh, elected to defer. A little bit surprising, only because I wondered if, um, again, as Washington is a bad team, let's take the ball, go get up on them, and let's remove any doubt that, uh, that, that they have any chance to win this game and make them play from behind from the start. Uh, but I also know how fine coaches are of the double. Score at the end of the second quarter, get the ball to start the third quarter, and you can erase a lead or you can extend a lead if you play it right. So I, I get it both ways, but Washington takes a toss, and uh, it became clear that, um, you know, uh, they were ready to play. You know, they go 15 yards to Curtis Samuel on first down. They get uh, – uh, after an incompletion, uh, Brian Robinson goes for nine, and you're like, well, damn. At least early on, they are, uh, they are here to play. And on, that, uh, on, uh, on third and one, just a couple minutes into the game, here's what happened. Here. Now they go trick play. Under center, Wildcat. Flip it out to Howell. He's got a man open. It's McClure. Oh, it's almost intercepted. McLaurin was open, but Gilmore recovered to save it. Then it's fourth and one. There you go. Dude. I was looking, I was like, no, they no, they didn't bring the flea flick out, the trick play out to start the game. Third and one midfield. That should have been a touchdown. Stephon Gilmore made a great play to deflect it away at the last second. He actually played it pretty good. Given that I don't really think you can, I don't think you can expect the flea flicker four plays into the game, though. Uh, even though that's the right part of the field to do it, but he makes that play. It's a hell of a play because he fully extends himself, knocks it away, and then he actually bends over, hands on hip for a second leg. Damn, we almost got caught on that one. Uh, and so uh, they did go for it on fourth and one, and converted it, uh, I think, I and they went he, for it on fourth. I think he did get caught. What? I think he was. I think his ass was busted because uh, uh, Sam Howell just threw a terrible ball. If he if he chunks that thing, I mean, if he just throw it hard as he can, Terry gonna run under. He just threw a terrible pass. I mean, I don't know if it was such a great play as as opposed to if he wouldn't have slapped it, but I don't know. He was he, well, he was done. Yeah, I, I, he was cooked. I think both things can be. Uh, I think both things can be correct. Yep. That he made a good play, yep. but a better throw, it wouldn't matter what he did, it would have been a touchdown. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And so, um, ultimately, the drive ends when they failed on fourth and one at the 31. But, now, understand, I think Dallas would have won the game eventually anyway. But can you imagine the emotional boost <laughs> and the excitement and, yeah. and, what would have, and how, you know, how the game would have flowed had Washington – Come out four plays into the game, bust your ass on a trick play, and they up seven nothing. Again, I think the Cowboys would have won the game eventually, but the fight would have been much harder. It may have lasted much longer, and the game may have been much more tenuous. Well, when you calling that if, stuff, uh, if you they calling make that, that stuff, you call stuff early on. I'm agreeing with you 100. percent You calling that crap early on? How can I take you seriously, dog? If you trying to do okay, that, okay, now you. We're going to take a very quick exit ramp. That reminded me, what, what you just said is uh, when my son was playing for DeSoto three years ago, they were playing Rockwall in the playoffs. I got a friend through my boy Matt McLaren. 
who coaches on Rockwall's staff. And so all year he had been saying, man, if we ever get DeSoto in the playoffs, you better look out, dog. We coming. We coming. We got you. We ain't scared of y'all. Da, 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 da. So the week of the game comes. And uh, I didn't want to mess with him during the week. So I go out on the field before the game because I was doing the uh, sideline reporting for DeSoto that year. And I said, I said, dog, what's up? He's like, we ready, dog. We bringing it today. We want y'all. We've been waiting for y'all all year. We got you. We ready. I said, all right, dog. Good luck. I'll see you after the game. When I tell you in the first quarter and a half, now I'm, I can't remember exactly everything. In the first quarter and a half, Rockwall ran some sort of flea flicker, some sort of halfback pass, some sort of double reverse, and a fake punt and a fake field goal. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point, I walked by one of the coaches on the sideline. Because, you know, again, I'm being a sideline reporter. I ain't trying to interfere with them while they're doing because obviously they have a job to do. And I like they really do not believe they can hang with y'all at all, bro. Because they done pulled out every single solitary trick in the first quarter and a half. And they still got dug up something like 50-something to 10 or 12 or something like that. It was a complete blowout. But uh, that's what this reminded me of. When you ain't got no chance, you start bringing them them trick plays out early. Yeah, all that motion, Um, all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everything, dog, everything. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys have, uh, you know, has seized control of the game. Uh, they go down and uh, Jalen Tolbert scores at 7 nothing, And then, you know, you got that little incidence where Washington scores a touchdown, then they bl- off a blocked field goal, then an interception off a tip pass sets up a field goal, and all of a sudden Washington is up 10-7. Um, to 7. And the sky is and falling. Like, and the sky is falling for a lot bruh, of people. Yeah. Bruh, I'm trying to talk them off the ledge on Twitter because they, they're going crazy. And uh, what happens is the Cowboys finally seize control, take control of the, take the lead on Tony Pollard's one yard run. Joe was glad to see him duck his head and plow through. Let's get in there. Lim- Lemke had a good two. block. Lemke was blocking too. Pretty solid. Pretty solid play by that dude. Um, so it's 14-7, and uh, the Cowboys get an interception. And so you're like, whoa, wait a minute now. They're 14 to 10. They just got an interception. But they're at their 35. I'm really thinking, maybe they get a field goal, but it's a minute 40 left, so that's enough time. But the first pass is incomplete. Rico Dotta wide open in the right flat, in the left flat. Uh, incomplete. And I'm like, well, damn, they just missed an opportunity right there. Well, on second down, here's what happened. Second and ten. Prescott just going to swing it out that time, and he's got Dowdle. No one near him. First down and more inside the 40, and Dowdle racing his way all the way down to the 34. Well, he dropped the play before, and they just came right back to it. That's two plays in a row. Dowdle. Dude, it looked like they ran the exact same play. They did. And it damn near looked like Washington was in the exact same coverage <laughs> because he was wide open on both of them. And uh, he goes 32 yards down the sideline, and all of a sudden they're at the 33 with a minute six left, and you're like, oh, that's plenty of time. And then goes 15 yards to C.D. Lamb, six yards to C.D. Lamb. Uh, Brandon Cooks goes eight yards, and then uh, Dak throws a dart 
to CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown with 29 seconds left in the first half. And in just a couple minutes, it goes from Dallas being down 10-7 to Dallas being up 21-10. And at that point, we all know they're getting the ball back in the second in to start the second half. And the Washington Commanders have a big-ass problem heading into halftime. Now, I did listen to the sideline reporters coming out in the second half. And the one thing Ron Rivera told the sideline reporter was, uh, and I think, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was either, I, I can't remember who it was. But I remember her saying, we've got to get a stop to start this third quarter. And, I mean, that, went, that ain't breaking no news there because you're down 21-10. If you go down 28-10, it's probably a wrap. And so the Cowboys know this, and uh, Washington knows this. And so Cowboys come out strong, man. It goes first down, first down, second down, first down, second down. And I always say it like that, man, because I remember Troy Aikman telling me one time, the best way to score points in the NFL is never to get the third down. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you can get first down and second down, then first down and second down, you moving the ball, you don't never have to worry about third down. That's the best way to move the ball. For That's real. what we'd all like to do. Yep. So they finally get a third down. Your boy uh, Dak completes it to City Land for 10. They back moving again. But now they got, uh, after Tony Pollard goes for six, then it gets dropped for a yard loss. So now it's third and five. It's going to be a long field goal outside. Probably get it. But 24 to 10, Washington can still feel like they're in the game. 28 to 10, they're not going to be in the game. So third and five, here's what went down. Nice play by Jake Ferguson in the middle of the field. Uh, Jake Ferguson has emerged as uh, one of the surprise players of the year. Um, I thought, you know, every, I think a lot of people were like, ah, Dalton Schultz is good, but he's just a guy. Uh, Jake Ferguson, to me, can do everything Dalton Schultz can do and more. Get a lot more run after the catch, much better blocker, um, just a better player. And so I think they've upgraded that position whether they knew that they were going to do it or not. Sometimes, but the first down was crucial. Sometimes you're only good as, as, as the quarterback makes you or as the quarterback trusts you. You know, Don Schultz was good because Dak liked him, and he caught the ball when it was thrown to him. But he did have a fumbling problem, and he didn't run after the catch. Jake had a, had a bobbling problem early on in the year where he was trying to make a play, and he was in a hurry. And uh, Dak is Dak is really good at rewarding guys that make plays. You know that you right. he's he gonna come back to you. That's that, that's why Tober keeps getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, and then Jake. So yeah, you only you only good is the quarterback trusts you. If the quarterback trusts you. He gonna come, especially that guy. If number four trusts you. He coming back to you. No, you're right. You're right. Um, so uh, Rico Dowdle. The Rico Dowdle goes for 20 on the next play. Uh, and then two plays later, uh, Dak hits CeeDee Lamb again, six yards for a touchdown on the crossing route. Was it, a screen? Over. Was it a screen or a run <clears throat> off of for Dowdle? I can't remember. He was good in the passing game. No, it, nah, it was a run. Yeah, but he was pretty good. It was a run. He get ahead of steam. It's hard to get him. Yeah. yeah his problem is staying healthy. Yes, sir. That's his problem. Yeah. Uh, that ain't nobody's fault. That just is what it is. 
And uh, he could have a, like, I could see a scenario where if you, you bring Pollard back at a cheaper rate and run them both more 50-50 next year, and it might really work for you. But the problem is Rico Dottle can't stay healthy. Yeah. And so I think you'd be looking for a healthier version of Rico Dottle uh, next year. Uh, meaning you go draft somebody, pick up a free agent, whatever, Roger find that. somebody with that skill set, and let them go. Uh, 28 to 10, and it's just about over. And the reason you say it's just about over is, well, if they come and score in the next drive and make it 28-17, then it's not over. So, you know, what you need from the Cowboys is, can we get a stop, and then we can build on this lead or take the clock down, then it'll be over. And so what happens is Cowboys started off good. They stopped Robinson. I don't like this play calling, per se, from Washington because you're down 28-10. Passing the ball is what you do best. But they ran it with Robinson for one, then they ran it for Robinson for six. But now you set up on third and three. You're probably not going to run it. But here's what happened on third and three. The past couple years, and all reports are that it's coming to an end. And so is this drive. How goes down, it's Micah Parsons. <laughs> and now a new career high in sacks with 14. Well, he was pretty clear all week. He said, I'm tired of being at 13 sacks. The, he's been at 13, 13 and a half the last couple years. Well, he's finally off that 13 number. And saw him get a little frustrated earlier in the game with the attention he gets. But He got the sack. His terrific pass rush wrapped him up, threw him down. Uh, Cowboys block a punt on the next play. Uh, that sets up another touchdown to Brandon Cooks. That makes it 35-10. Now the game is over. Uh, but Michael Parsons, big sack on that play. I was glad to see him get off the schneid. Uh, I know he's been wanting it. I know he's frustrated by the holds. Uh, so it's good to see him get a little bit of reward. Uh, Cowboys close it out 38-10. Um, you know, they win nine games by 20 points or more. Uh, it's been quite a while since anybody in the NFL did that. And so it shows that their ability to dominate. Now they just got to do it in the playoffs, man. They don't have to dominate. They just have to figure out a way to win. But uh, that's it. Big win over Washington, and now we're on to Green Bay. And uh, we will see what happens uh, with the Packers. Roger that. Um, so with that, we like to always appreciate – our friends at uh, Green and Law sponsoring the show. Without them, none of this is possible. Same goes for Smokey John's Barbecue. Remember, you can always find me at JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor on Twitter, or X as we're calling it these days. Uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, until we chat again, you guys be blessed. <laughs>